I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take it. You gotta, take it. You gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. Gotta break it, chains. You gotta break them 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 chains. You gotta break them. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> what up? <laughs> You're changing it up. Hi. Your... I... <laughs> There's a laugh. <laughs> I actually have other ones I need to post. I haven't posted our last ones because I want to be able to uh, advertise them properly. So a lot yeah. of these are going to come out at once. That's exciting. And <laughs> I, I'm good. Like, I don't post mine until you post yours. So I wait. Well, yeah, because you don't have it to post. Well, is it? Well, it's in your in the folder, isn't it, or no? Oh no, these aren't. Oh, the last no. two aren't. Because I, no. I got to do the editing still. Oh. Okay. Um. Well, I remember when we were talking last um, last week. We said we were going to talk about free love and stuff, and if we think we could do it, and then it was like the last five minutes of the conversation. That we actually talked about that uh, yeah we started with it we did and then we well, got, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we got into like abortion and all this other really serious regulation regulate regulation in sex is what i what i almost think yeah. the conversation got to which i thought it was a good convo probably not as fun as all the other ones but well, sex isn't always fun um what topic oh. <laughs> that's a, you Who know, are you having sex with me now? Where sex is not yeah, always fun. Yeah. I know you wanted to say that. <laughs> well, we've already been through your deficiencies in choosing a mate, <laughs> and I only say that he might he might walk through here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'll tell him when he gets home. I'll tell him that you you think that he's deficient and. Being a life partner for me. I, you know what's actually funny is I didn't say it. You did. You just said your you deficiency or your whatever you just said. We've discussed it. We've discussed how you've talked about that. Did I think my husband is deficient? Yep. In what way? I don't know. You said it, not me. I don't know. I never, I never said my husband <laughs> was deficient. You are so full of shit. You're just trying to start something. Why would I, that doesn't even make sense. Why would I try and start something between you and the person you've chosen over a clearly <laughs> better option? <laughs> you've chosen comfort over quality. quality. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Alex. Yes. Alex, Alex, Alex. All right. So what were you just saying? We, we discussed free love for a little bit. And, and then we kind 
I got to the end where you and I kind of agreed that oh, my hair weighs 100 pounds. That's what we agreed upon. Um, we agreed that you and I probably wouldn't be the best at that because we typically, in order to like be attracted enough to actually be physical with somebody, there has to be more than just like, oh, they're attractive. Um, yeah, I got to have some feeling behind it. And a lot of times, I'm not going to act like that feeling wasn't faked a little bit. But there was still like the illusion, at least. Yeah, sure. Of feeling, and that's, you know, being extremely maybe too honest there. But, um, but yeah, I've got to definitely, you know, have a little more. I agree, um, and I know we've joked about this before, but like I never really had a hoe phase. And you, you want to hear like the funniest part? And I feel like, um, maybe maybe this is why I didn't have a whole phase was I actually really enjoyed having, having long-term boyfriends. Um, but, uh, one, it was just whatever. It was just, it's just how I'm wired. But the other piece was that it helped me avoid like all of the judgment or whatever. Like I could be as sexual as I wanted in a relationship and that was sure. acceptable. Right. Right. So, but the other piece is, so when I went to college, I did still have my high school boyfriend. And we made it through like the majority of my freshman year. And then I, then I broke up, I broke it off. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think I like kissed someone. I think I like made out with someone and made out for me is literally like, just like kissing and maybe hands, like whatever. But um, then I got another long-term boyfriend that lasted, uh, a while but anyway so in between I went to a party and um, I was drinking which I really don't I really did not like drinking then either so I had like a beer and I was probably yeah. wasted um, and there was this guy and I was just feeling like I had always been in a relationship and here I am single like all right honestly Alex I'm not even sure I was that attracted to him I think that I had a little buzz going on and I was probably feeling like I just got let out of like a cage or something. So we were kissing at this party in public, which was to me, like, it's so not my style at all, like at all, but it just was, it was happening. And two days later, I woke I'm up with pregnant. His, no, yeah, through my mouth actually. Yeah. I got oh. pregnant through kissing him. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Um, two days later, I woke up with excruciating pain in my throat and I ended up with mono. And that was the last, literally, the last time I ever like fooled around with someone outside of a relationship. Because after that, I ended up coming home on like Christmas break and ended up dating a guy I went to high school with when he was home on college break. And we dated the rest of undergrad and into graduate school. And then I had one other boyfriend in between him and my husband. And that was about a year and a half. And now here I am 14 years later. So like I, the one time I was like, Nina, Go ahead, girl. Be a bad girl. Let's see what this is all about. It's interesting that you even had that thought, that you had to um, intentionally do that. Well, I wasn't like, well, why? I mean, I feel like aren't no, guys... I mean, we talk about the stereotype around women that, you know, um, that they just don't go and mess around and stuff for nothing. Like, there's always got to be some feeling behind it yeah that's false so, well i i believe it's false too because i've you know 
I've seen some girls. You've been on the receiving end. Yeah. Yeah. That literally just had, just took full advantage of it. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I'm talking about what you do see out is you'll see like one, like a group of friends and you'll be talking to one and she'll tell you that her friend like is, is out to get laid tonight. Like, do you, they'll ask you like, do you have any friends? Cause she like wants to get laid tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, that totally happens. And like rock on, um, that's not me only because, um, well, we know it's not you, but You're yeah, married. that happens. No, I mean, if I was, if I wasn't, <laughs> All of these conversations are, or if I wasn't married, I mean, I can't go make out with somebody at a college party if I'm married. Well, I don't um, know. I don't know how you get down. Well, that's true. Uh, my marriage could have relationship agreements, but that currently is not one of them. Oh. Um, but I say, I think, oh, like I didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> oh, you can't hook up other people? No, we haven't, we haven't approached that topic yet. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, it was definitely like, I want to see what this is all about. Like, I'm not going to care, even though inside I totally cared. And because not only did I make out with this guy at a party, but like two days later, he called me and I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, let's go out to lunch. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, was yeah, like, I remember going out to lunch and my throat hurting. I was like, this is weird. Um, and then I got mono. So like, that was my punishment for being a bad girl was I got mono. Yeah. And I was never a bad girl again. And I think you deserve that, Mono. Apparently so did the universe and Mother Teresa. I don't know. What is Mother Teresa? Let's not go there. Because neither of us are very religious. <laughs> and we're just going to get ourselves. Well, that, well, that's why I said Mother Teresa versus God. Because I don't really know how the whole thing works. But, um, but yeah. But... I think on the flip side, I feel like everything happened. I don't want to say everything happens for a reason, but because I was such a good girl after that, my whopping like kiss at a party in college. Um, wait, I lied. Freshman year. Breaking news, people. We heard it here first. <gasps> wait, Nina I I, I is a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I actually don't think that's an insult, but it actually is not true. But um, fresh, I don't know if I told you this when we weren't recording one time, when we were recording. You're talking about the I, black guy? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, another, another. The three other guys? <laughs> Stop it. What are you talking about? So my freshman year of college, after I broke up with my high school boyfriend, this is when I was like, okay, I'm free. I'm going to be crazy. I forgot this one. I went to a hockey party. A hockey party was like, so at University of Delaware, like they have, well, I'm sure other colleges do, they have like the sports houses, but there was the hockey house, yeah. the lacrosse yeah. house, right? So there was a hockey party. Now we didn't know anybody, right? So I went to this party. Studs on campus up there in the Northeast? What's that? Said, wouldn't they be the studs on campus up there in the Northeast? Oh, the hockey guys are hot. Yeah, for sure. I would pick like the hockey house over like, don't. Hockey, hockey, lacrosse, and baseball. Oh, and basketball, obviously. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Is um, it, let's talk about that. Okay. Right, let's let's talk. Talk. What do you think 
in conversations that you have, this is a great topic. God, right, I'm, bring I'm, it. I'm, just, I'm, first off, I'm glad I'm on this podcast. One, because it's my podcast. Two, because I have a lot of good stuff to share. <laughs> and three, because I totally should leave my husband for you. <laughs> well, that, but also, if I wasn't here, who would you be talking to? <laughs> There's that. That should um, actually be A lot of people. My husband should be four. We'll go from there. So, with that said. Yeah. In your conversations with women, do you feel like there is a universal body type that women go after or certain features? And the reason I say this is because for guys, in most of the conversations I have, right, someone who went to college especially because for the same reason you said, in, in college you, try, you do things with your team. Like even when you go out, you go out with – people from your team, even if it's not the whole team, depending on what team you're with on, right. but you do things with your team. So if I was to talk to a lot of people, I've already talked to about this and I said, Hey, like I like soccer girls, right? You're not talking about their face because faces can be different. You're talking about that general body type that you'd get from a soccer player. Or if you said, I like volleyball players, you're, mm -hmm. there's stereotypes that come with that. You know, taller, yeah. long legs, more slender, whereas soccer would be thicker legs most times, um, a little more curvy. Right, yeah. Even, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to say it, but mm, I didn't. Right? I can say it. So absolutely. Soccer girls have great bodies. So soccer girls and then like basketball players for girls – like a lot of times you, it, and that kind of ranges, right? Because um, depending on their position, but you'll, you'll get some of the same, like a little bit taller, a little more slender, sometimes right. more curvy too. Um, I'm trying to think. Field hockey was something mm -hmm. that I could see someone talking about, especially mm -hmm. at my school in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Tennis players. I know people who like tennis players for the same reason as, like soccer girls or field hockey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say the ones that aren't as <laughs> desirable. No, we're, just, we're focusing on the, the, you know, the ones that. So that point are. being, do girl, I know girls do that for, for sports, for guys, right? Like a baseball player, you have mm -hmm. a stereotype of what a baseball player is going to look like a football player, basketball player, now, obviously, being a basketball player, I was probably um, led to believe by certain individuals that, you know, basketball players might have the best bodies because of, mind you, they're talking to me. I'm sure if they're talking to a football player, they would say, you know. Football players have the best players body. <laughs> have because of this, this, and this. But do, does that ever come up in your conversations with people? certain body types or certain attributes of men that women find that you, you just feel like is reoccurring in coming up and finding more attractive? Um, yes, I do. And again, clearly this is super general because I have a friend, for example, who likes tall, full, you know, soft men. So, there's always going to be an exception to everything we say. And I feel like I have to say that every single time. Right. But 
I recently posted something on Facebook about um, I I have specific body things that I find attractive in men. Does it mean they have to have them in order for me to find them attractive? No, but if they do, I'm more attracted to them, if that makes sense, right? So for example, you can like great asses, but it doesn't mean that the girl has to have the best ass in the world for you to be attracted to her. It just right, exactly. that's like extra, right? So um, I love, um, there's, there are certain leg types, certain arm types that I, that I'm very attracted to. Hands are really big. So I think we talked about this last time. You said something like, you know, I'm really picky and I stopped you. And I was like, you're not picky. Right. Ever anybody says that to me, especially if they're single, like, well, I'm just picky. Everyone tells me to stop being picky. I'm like, I'm going to tell you to, to not stop being. First of all, picky, that doesn't make any sense. Picky, right. I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. It's either you're attracted to something or you're not. So, Well, well I, I will only stop you there for the, for the definition throughout our conversations where when I say I'm picky, it's because I have a much more narrowed down sense of what's attractive than someone else who who's like i could do this or that and i'm like i can only do this and they're like they're like look at three girls and think all three of them are extremely attractive and i'm like i think the one is attractive Mm -hmm. and that's when Mm -hmm. i say that's uh, it's relative right because i'm just more picky than him maybe much less picky than someone else so so how so how about just saying you know what you want right because I think technically, per the definition of the word picky, that is what that is, is picky. You just don't like the word picky. Yeah, I don't like it. Because it makes, because I can't tell you how often I've heard it. And having an older sister who now has a boyfriend, but was single for a, a while, and she's older than me, she kept, people give her the hardest time. How and serious told are they me, boyfriend? What's that? How serious are they? Very, very. Mm. <laughs> are you going to go for my sister now? <laughs> Have you looked at your girlfriend lately? Because she's hot as hell. The path of least resistance is the best way to do it. (laughs) And if there's no ring, (laughs) there's no ring. Not yet, but they're on their way. Um, So. There's no ring. Right. What kind of body types does she like? (laughs) Basketball players by chance? Um. Actually, basketball players of, turned underwear models. <laughs> Actually, what are the hand models? For so, you? so, so here, would you say for me? Yeah. Wait, so that's what I was going to talk about. So, hands for me. Yeah, well, you said that. Yeah. But, but hands are not just for you. I've heard that so many times. So many times, actually. But I mean, like, it could actually, it could actually turn me off to someone. Um, I've heard that so much. I've heard yeah. a girl, I, and I feel like when girls say that based on the feedback I get, and I'm not talking about feedback, just for me, just when I ask right, them, hands, the feedback I get is that it's the way a guy's hands move, right? Like, is he clumsy with his hands or is he like delicate with his hands, but strong? What the collective I've gotten on it is they want a guy's hand to be strong and and rugged looking but not be like dirty 
breaks, but but well kept. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think it just comes into that girls like want to be. I don't want to say held because you're not really holding someone with your. It's just like they want to. Because the word I want just something stereotypical like, right, yeah. is like, I want to say precise. They like they like the way they move. They just don't want you to be clumsy. They want them to be well kept, strong, and not clumsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I go, and you probably, I don't know if you have a, a part of the body that you're this specific about, but I feel like maybe you do. Um, but like hands and legs to me. So like for hands, I, I love, not a lot, but I like veins. I like to see right. like some topography there. Um, well-kept nails, you know, for the most part. And I need to see knuckles. Like I need, I need to see like, yeah, like, like, so. Well, I was, I, w- I was only doing that not to turn you on because I already know I turn you on no matter what. You 24 hours a day, baby. 24 um, hours a day. I was doing that because that is the difference a little bit. And what I hear is that some girls like, and I, like, almost would stereotype it as a base. Like, ba- I feel like baseball guys don't have veiny hands where you can see their knuckles. They're like just thick and big. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Maybe from holding a bat or, or doing all the stuff they're doing with their hands. But um, that's the only difference right there. Like veins and like strong looking like that or strong like big paws type looking. Like I don't, I don't like the short sausage fingers, even if they're strong. Exactly. And, I, and I don't like the nails that are below the skin. I, I can't. I can't a, it, the total opposite of what you like is the only variance I hear in there. But you still have to, like, be able to move them well. Wait, what do you mean the total opposite is? What did you just say? What does that mean? That's the difference. So, like, I'm saying a girl wants them to be well-cupped, strong, not clumsy, like that. But the difference is that look you just – like, some girls want, like, the big paw sausage finger-looking thing you just said. Mm -hmm. Some girls want – what you're saying yeah yeah i like i could pick out it's actually one of the first things i look at and it goes so far back alex like even when i was in middle school and high school when i would be able to when i would go to like um you know like at that age well for a female at least at that age i was allowed to like get dropped off at like a local arcade you know with with guys i would specifically hang out at the arcade because i would watch the guys play the video games yeah, with their hand on the joystick or their hand like banging the little button thingies on the side. And it would like, it would drive me nuts, like so hot, something so stupid. But even to this day, like if I'm in a, I mean, not that I have been in a really long time, but if I see, if I'm in a car with a guy who's driving standard, uh, like a stick, I can't, like, I can't focus. Well, like I said, I, I've heard, for me personally, I've heard it like when, like I'm, like, well, for me, physical touch is a huge love language. So sometimes I, I don't mind doing it either. Now that I think about it, I'm probably satisfying my physical touch, whether I'm scratching you or you're scratching me, right? 
So mm-hmm. a lot of times if I go to like scratch someone's back or, you know, run my hands anywhere or we're holding hands or something like that, that's when I'll hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. You have nice hands. I can see them from here. Well, thanks. And I do get that compliment a lot. But, but like I said, um, hand modeling is just a <laughs> hobby of mine. So, no, I can never. I have too many like dumb cuts from pro, you know projects with my hands and not wearing gloves. But um, but no, I do get that a lot, and it's funny. Yeah, I I'm a big girl so much. Like so, there's that. Such and, a huge turn on and for things that obviously in general we can just eliminate in this conversation the the obvious ones right on a guy you know his smile his face big muscles or whatever his physique is that's Mm -hmm. obviously universal i feel like and on a girl obviously her you know her legs her ass her chest whatever that's Mm -hmm. eliminate i want to know like what are the other things like bringing up hands was a great one because I do hear that a lot and it's it's almost like what's the best way to put it a girl will say it and then she'll like pull back like oh, I can't believe I just said that like we think it's too picky when we say it like not picky but like I'm trying to think of a thing that I think is really attractive on a girl that I would almost be embarrassing embarrassed to bring up because I'm like I can see them being like why are you even looking at that all right, so I can tell you, so two, two of mine, besides I'm a big forearm girl too, not big as in it needs to be large, but like right. I, I have to see, an, I have to see, <laughs> you just rotate it. <laughs> like I need to see a difference between, and I think this is almost the same as a guy's calves because it's another one. Yeah. I don't want to see straight down from the knee to the ankle. Right. Like I need, just like some men like curves in women, I like to see curves in men. Like I need well, to. And a girl's ankles is a big thing that guys look at too. Yeah. And I, as you can probably tell, I'm a lot more strategic with it. So, um, man, I'm going to lose so many people that listen to me just for fun in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I look at a girl's ankles, like you said, the transition from calf to ankle, Mm -hmm. I think that's a a pre- what do you want to call it? a preface for what, like what she'll look like later? Like with her legs over your shoulders? Oh, no, like later in oh. life. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> because I was trying to figure out why you were so afraid to say that you were going to lose people. Because you, because you're big on like the woman has to be attractive for her entire life, or you're gonna leave her. Well, I, I'm not big on she has to be. I'm I'm big on watching someone improve themselves or attempt to improve themselves, right? Because you're not gonna look the same when you're 40 as you do when you're 25. And if you do, call me. But <laughs> if you probably won't. But to me, it's more about the fact that you are working to be your best self. So you think we can work on our ankles or? No, what I'm saying is it gives a little bit of um, sneak peek of how hard she's going to need to work to be in the right space later. So like you're talking about weight? Yes. 
because I feel like there are some girls that are in great shape that just happen to have like thicker calves that go into thicker ankles. Exactly. And so the point is that, and this is through my own research observation and, and conversation, she just has to work harder. Not that, not that she can't look at her best self or, or more than super attractive. It's just that she has to work harder to have nicer legs than someone who has it different. And, and that comes from personal experience. Like my dad is 60 something, plays tennis all the time, and he has better legs than me. Like by far, mm-hmm. it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, you know, I can not work out for three months probably, and I'm not going to gain that much weight. That's just how it is. Whereas someone else, you know, has a bad couple of weekends and they right. gain five pounds. Right. I've been inside of the same 10 pounds since I graduated college. I'm 35. That's great. No, I, yeah, I'm not complaining. And you're active and it's also genetic. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. It's genetic. For sure. Yeah, see, I'm on the other side. So, like, I have to, not that I've ever been, like, you know, morbidly obese or anything, but I'm only 5'3", so, like, I'm short. So, I have, what? You look taller. Oh, my God, I'm 5'3", dude. 5'3 and a half on a good day. I'm 5'3", too. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're perfect for each other. We are. We just look straight into each other's eyes. Shit. Well, you scratch my back. But on right? Tinder, I'm six three. What's that? <laughs> um, so, like, I have to, like, I I love to eat. Um, so, what I've had to do is start to. I'm never going to be taller, so I have to. And I prefer, for me, a more um, like a strong, athletic ish body type so so I have to look there's nothing I can do to get taller and lean out like that's not going to happen but I know that I can get stronger uh and more defined so that's what I have to focus on and my ankles are good (laughs) well and I I have to work at it when people hear that they take it the wrong way because they think I'm saying because you have thick ankles that I'm judging a certain certain way. It's not because you have thick ankles. So, because you can have thick ankles and still have the transition we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's the transition. So you just want a transition. Mm-hmm. You, you said the same thing. No, I, of course I did. I'm just clarifying. So, like that, right. it's not so much the size of the ankle right. as much as it is. I want to see a calf and I want to see an ankle. Sure. Okay. Got it. Which would, be, which would say the same for someone who's skinny, right? If someone is so skinny, because, you know, I have bird legs kind of, so I can't talk too much shit. But <laughs> someone who's skinny and doesn't have any transition, to me, just because you're skinny is not attractive to me. Like, I want you to be more fit. So mm-hmm. just being skinny because you're skinny is not, like, the best thing to me either. Right. Well, I think from what I've gotten from you, at least, um, is I feel like you are more attracted to women who care and put the effort in. Yeah. So you would 
rather ha- I mean, I might be wrong and it's not shallow if I am. So just correct me if I am, but I feel like you would prefer a woman who is maybe, maybe thicker than not, but the fact that she works at it and cares about her health and cares about her body is more attractive than a woman who might be thinner and in good shape, but she doesn't try and she eats like shit. Yes. Which, you know, it's, it's tough to say that because I would never date anyone that doesn't work out consistently, consistently. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's not even a, a chance of like this or that. It just wouldn't, I wouldn't leave it up to chance. I remember you told me like a long time ago that you went on a date and she's, she was beautiful. And you, um, she said something about like not, not working out or something like that. And you're like automatically kind of turned off, even though yeah, she was great. I mean, like, um, because like you said, the, the drive to stay in shape and remember I'm the one who said a lot of the stuff I do is for the people who look, who have to look at me and who I'm with. So in that regard, I want someone who's doing the same thing, even if it's not for me, like doing some of the same things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, and I yeah. know too, you want people to look good as long as they can, which makes sense too. I mean, from oh, but just by, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think by all well, I, I think, Maybe, but I feel like sometimes there are people in long-term relationships where the sexual part of their relationship isn't at the forefront as much as it was when they were younger and they don't care as much. Um, But that's not for everybody. Not for everybody. I mean, I hope that my husband finds me attractive forever. And I don't just mean like, oh, he loves me. Like, you can love someone and not be attracted to them. Like, you can love them as a person. I, I always say this like monogamy is a choice i want to make that cho- i want to make that choice as easy as i can for him sure so, and and i think every time i have this conversation most times i have this conversation everyone wants to stop after that point but and they don't look at the other things i do to be as attractive to whoever i'm dating as well because i'm always trying to learn something um and and you know for lack of for no other reason just to be able to have conversation and that's a thing that i think um when you talk about being attractive, because it's not something you look at, people forget that like, I mean, conversation, there's, there's people I can tell, and maybe they don't even realize they like talking to me, probably because I'm, I say a lot of dumb stuff and off the wall stuff, but they like talking to me so much that I can tell they're attracted to me just because of t- the, talking to me. So because I talk to you every week for like at least an hour, do you, does that mean? You, and if we're going to be totally serious, you love talking to me. I, I obviously love you, but you love talking to me, right? Yeah. And if, yeah. if there was a girl that loved talking to me as much as you love talking to me, and we have good conversations, so I'll put all of that in context, right? Mm-hmm. If there's a girl that loved it that much, there is no way someone could tell me that I wouldn't have a chance with her. thinking now what happens most times is a guy isn't attractive enough to where the girl will have those conversations with him 
But I have really good conversations with guys I'm not physically attracted to. And it probably makes them more attractive. Right? Yeah. If they can, if they can hold a conversation with me, which is not always easy. Um, yeah. Like, well, I think the problem with you would be more contributing to the conversation than holding a conversation with you. Cause I can see a lot of people being fascinated with what you're saying and, and wanting to, um, like just hear more of what you have to say. But I think, I think you would be more impressed with someone who can contribute in a conversation with you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and I will tell you, um, just from experience that because I talk to a lot of men, um, they, a lot of them could be doing a lot more for themselves if they were more intelligent, uh, sure. in the, in the way they speak to me. So, I mean, not that I'm like looking for men, but if I was single, some of these conversations, because they're mostly about sex, you know, whether it's about them or about their partners or, you know, just questions they have or fantasies they have. But if I go on, if I start talking about something intellectual, even though it's sexually based and they cannot contribute on an intellectual level, if they're more like a caveman, like, Oh, it's fucking hot. Yeah. Like I can't, I just like, stop, like, just, can you just get off the phone? Like I can't. Yeah. So there's that. And I think, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it because there, the flip side of it is there's a lot of, for as good as I think I am at conversation. And the reason I think I'm good at conversation is because I listen and I'm basing my conversation off of what you said, right? So I've learned that trying to employ that, that thought process with every girl I've talked to didn't work because there's some girls who literally just want you to listen. Mm-hmm. And like they want to, they want to like give you all their knowledge, mm-hmm. and I don't do well with those. So those guys that are like cavemen, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, they they would maybe fit because what 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 I'm gonna do is come back with some witty comment that I think is smart and whatever, and I end up like really rubbing those people the wrong way, those girls the wrong way. And maybe they just don't want intellectual conversation. Oh, well, I think. Oh, oh my God. Are we going to get caught? <laughs> oh, no. But no, I feel, I feel like. Yeah, but I think that goes to what I'm attracted to as a, a woman. Like, I'm attracted to intellect. I'm attracted to humor. I'm attracted to. I think to most women are. Even if they don't know they are, I think most women are. I think, yeah. I think that is a much more attractive trait than women give themselves credit for. By right, which, right. I mean, they are much more attracted to those two things than, than they think. What about guys? Do you think guys actually are attracted well, to that? Or? That's the question I was going to ask is based on the feedback that you get, because for the same reason I love talking to you, I wonder, you know what I mean? Like you can sometimes have a conversation with someone and you're like, this person really likes talking to me. Mm-hmm feel like you get that a lot or how much how do you feel like men value that a lot when they're talking to you i think maybe what 
men value. Hi, babe. I think what maybe. Hi, babe. <laughs> Alex says, hi, babe. Hey, hey. He said, hey, hey. <laughs> I could hear him. Um, I think what, what men, if the men that do enjoy talking to me, I think it's more, I mean, maybe I'm just being super ignorant and naive, which is a total possibility. Mm-hmm. But I think um, is that they are not used to a woman uh, who is openly, I mean, verbally, openly comfortable with anything, any topic around sex. And I don't judge and I'm not their partner. So they can find out a woman's perspective without fear of rejection or anything like that. And I think a lot of times that's more what I what I hear is, you know, um, and sometimes because I can also look at the male perspective, they feel validated. So like the other day I was talking to a guy who um, ha- was telling me what he wished his wife would do. And he's like, but like, I feel like she makes me feel like she shames me for wanting it or fantasizing about it. And so I gave him, um, like I provided a space for him to say it and by me validating it going, yeah, I can see where that would be hot, you know, like, but here's why your wife might have a hard time with that. Maybe she feel, cause he wanted a threesome with another woman and his wife. And I think, you know, which is, <laughs> I hear that often from a yeah, husband. Another girl. I think guys What's, think they want a threesome. Until they have to please two women at a time. And I then always yeah. thought that. I knew I was ahead of my time. Yeah. What? That you think that? I, for the same reason we've talked about before, and I don't want to get off what we were talking about, but for the same thing, reason we were talking about before, where I have to have some feeling into it, I want both, I think, I don't, I've never had a threesome with two girls. I don't have my number up here anymore, but. (laughs) For someone to call you? (laughs) Um. I think it would be stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've spoken to guys who've had threesomes with two girls and they're like, honestly, and then I have one guy who's in his fifties and he, he's had a, a very, very exciting sexual um, past. Very exciting. Uh, he said to me, Nina, honestly, I was super excited to be with two women. And not only um, did it get really awkward because like, I didn't know where to come in like it was it was like they started having a lot of fun together and i was like eh. like right. I, was, I was mortified because this is what i think happens the reason two girls would agree to this i think most times is because they are attracted to girl on girl stuff yeah but they the, might be curious yeah the stress to me is am i going to be adding to this fantasy or am i going to be ruining this fantasy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I mean, I can think of some things that could probably be productive, but it, I don't know. And I don't know if I can live with, like, looking back on it thinking, yeah, I really didn't do a good job there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've heard that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've heard men that are like, oh, my God, it was the hottest thing, you know? But, oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, but, but a lot of times it's like like most things with fantasy it's usually nowhere near as hot as you think it's going to be <laughs> right yeah it can get awkward it, you cannot know where you fit in i think it all depends on who you're doing it with 
But let's get back to what we were talking about. Having okay. the conversations. To me, I think those people that are having great conversations with you or feel, and I think you'll agree with this, but feel comfortable having conversations with you should be having those conversations with their wives in some form or fashion, maybe not as open, but in a lot of ways should be. And I, like I said, I know you agree with that. And I know you're probably coaching them to, to get there. Right. But yeah. that's one thing that I think is a huge deficiency just in relationships in general now not just marriages in any relationship, even just people hooking up, like just down to the root, honest communication, which is why I think affairs work so well because you have to be a lot more honest a lot of times because they already know the shit that you would lie about. Right. And so you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean when you said that's why I think affairs work so well? What does that mean? Because the, the communication is much more honest and to the root, just open because they know all the stuff already. A lot of times that you would, you would end up lying about, they already know it. Like that's where you started. So what's the point in lying? Wait, keep going. They don't lie. But, but for example, for example, have, how many times have you seen someone who's in an affair with someone else mad because that person lied to them and i have a theory on this but wait who's mad at who you're married to matt right you and me are having an affair which we are anyways so it's fine clearly Uh i use this example because it's easy for you to understand (laughs) so if (laughs) you're having an affair and i find out that you lied to me about something right like to the outside people would be like, well, she's having an, it's like, she's lying to her husband. Why are you so upset? She's lying to you. Whereas I think a lot of times in this situation, I think a lot of times you guys end up telling the truth so much because there's nothing really to lie about. Like you're not my husband. Like I don't, I don't have anything to prove to you that you end up telling the truth so much that when that person does lie, you're like, what the fuck? Why are you lying to me? Mm Mm-hmm. So I think in a lot of ways, in terms of pure, honest relationships, and and actually, sex a lot of times is what messes up in an affair, right? Because a lot of affairs start with an emotional attachment because you're not lying to each other. Everything's out there. Obviously, there's not as many situations for you to really get to know this person, but at its core, an emotional affair is probably some of the healthiest relationships is my theory. I, I, can, I can wrap my head around what you're saying. So I get it. I get, your, I get your theory. Yeah. I think, I mean, and I think people who have had an affair will agree with that. Well, I think the fear of rejection and abandonment isn't there, which is why most people that talk to me about what they're upset about in their relationship, they don't tell their partner because they're afraid that they're going to actually lose their partner. So right. they cheat instead so they can get it what they need without having to go through the fear of rejection and abandonment. That's why we don't talk to our, to our spouses. And so a lot of people would rather risk the entire marriage by getting what they need elsewhere if it means avoiding that awkwardness and confrontation and the possibility of their spouse leaving 
than just having the awkward, difficult conversation with their spouse to begin with. And I was watching a TED talk on this woman who, I forget her name, um, who studies infidelity. She, that's, like, that's her research, that's her work. Okay. And there was, a, there was a line that she said that I say to people um, that are either currently having some form of infidelity um, or are thinking about it. And she said, I don't want to like butcher it, but she said, if people would spend half the amount of energy on their current relationship that they do with their extramarital relationship, I would probably lose business. This is from her. These are her words. So she said that if the energy and the excitement that people put into an affair if they took that energy and excitement and whatever and turned it to their actual relationship, she would probably lose most of her, pa- her patients, her, her clients, because right. there wouldn't be many affairs. But the reason why people are not, I mean, if you look at some of, like I've unfortunately spoken to people, men and women who have had affairs. And when they tell me the stuff that they've said or done with this other person, it is so different than how they carry themselves in their relationship or stuff that they do in their actual relationship. So, and when I say, well, why don't you just do that with your partner? Like what? And like, Oh, he, he would freak out or she would freak out or she'd leave or she'd be pissed or she wouldn't understand or he wouldn't understand. I'm like, have you ever had that conversation? You know? So I, that's what she said. And I'll never forget it. She said, if people put half the amount of energy that they do into their affairs, into their actual relationship, she would probably lose most of her business. Well, and when you go into this, affairs are done for so many different reasons. And that's mm-hmm. part of the problem, I think, because um, in the eyes of your spouse, there's only one reason why you had an affair. And that's because they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the, well, in a, in a way they weren't. If that's probably in why some aspect, they, you know, in some aspect, they weren't fulfilling what you wanted. Whether that's what they're able to communicate to you or not, that's the problem. Or that something between us two wasn't good enough, right? I think the best type of affair to get over is a one night stand, a true one night stand. You met someone out of town, you hooked up. Now you're never around that person again. But the, the, and it's always the emotional connection that someone's worried about, yeah. right? Whether they can admit that or not, it's always the emotional. So for the reason that you're saying, because the, all the effort or that she said, whoever, that's what she said, <laughs> because the effort you're putting in there is having what I'm saying is a very, very pure relationship. Because like I said, the per- if you're to lie to the person you're having an affair with, in most affairs, like if you're, if you're lying about your real life, then, then that's one thing. But I'm talking about where they know you ha- you're married or whatever. To lie to that person, they're like really offended because you guys have talked about all this stuff. You guys have almost like been through this this break this threshold right because i think and also depends on the type of affair it is but if it's physical you took it from an emotional relationship knowing that you shouldn't be having this you probably guys probably had a conversation saying 
we shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this. And it's like, oh, whatever. To the next level. <laughs> that, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, to the next level to where you guys have made an agreement that you guys are going to move forward with this maybe several times. And I think the fact that you've done that with someone else, like you, you basically made a life like a, a, like I said, a full, there's no better way to say it, a full blown healthy relationship with someone else when you're having problems with your spouse is, I mean, that's crazy to think about. And then people will ask me, do you think you can love two people? And I'm like, I a hundred, like if you're having an emotional relationship, you 100% love your spouse because if you didn't love your spouse, it'd be easy for you to say, fuck you, I'm going to go with this person. So that's one thing people need to realize, as shitty as it sounds, them lying to you about an affair is actually them trying to protect you. As crazy as that sounds. Of course. Yeah. I, I think that there are some people that just have needs that they need to be filled and they don't want to bring anybody down in the process, especially someone who they love. Like, it, right. you know, like the theory, the, the mind you know set of it i i understand it makes sense like it's logical like okay i love my spouse i have some some self needs that i just i don't want to ruin my life over but i still want to get it the only way that's going to be able to happen is if i do it secretly um you know and i know people that have done that and they've either not told their spouse and their marriage is fine like they just needed to do it and they don't want to ruin a whole life or they've done it and they've told their spouse, hey, you know, like two years ago, I did this. And yeah, they had to work through it. But sometimes affairs can be, well, all the time, affairs are um, red flags. Like this is what we need to, if, if you want to continue with your current partner, that affair is a red flag. Like, all right, now it's out in the open. Like I think I said it's on the last conversation. Sometimes affairs are what, turns the relationship around for the better it's like now that it's out there we have to talk about it now we've been avoiding this conversation for 20 years but now that it's out there we can't hide from it so let's talk about it well well, i was actually going to say that before but we got going in a different direction about it but because it then turns into the affair because now you're telling the secret that you had is is out so you can be that root honest Mm -hmm. um you know, open with someone you actually care about more than the person you were having an affair with. Right. Um, Right. So, so yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I've told people this too, is like, especially if I'm working with them on a client basis, is that some of the hardest, most like tear riddled conversations that couples have are what makes them what makes them or breaks them, but if it makes them, it makes, I mean, some of the conversations that I've had in my marriage that were the most difficult have launched us further ahead, you know, or stronger because of it. And it's, and it's, I think those conversations are what keep, keep us from doing things outside of each other. You know, like I didn't get married so I can be with other people. I got married so I could be with him. And I, it's not always easy. And I think right. that's a, a, an unfortunate expectation of so many people, whether they're conscious of it or not, conscious of it or not. It's, well, I'm married. So this person's going to fulfill every need I have for the rest of my life. And that's, it's not true. It's like almost impossible. Well, but how you navigate that is what's important. Sure. So my thought to that is the, 
they have to want to fulfill all the things you're talking about and you have to want them to fulfill everything they're talking about. Right. So a lot of things go into that. A lot of actions, a lot of conversations, a lot of everything go into make helping that person fulfill the things. Cause that's the thing I think is missing a lot of time is this person needs to fill this, but you don't tell them how mm-hmm. and you're not meeting them halfway and all these things that, so then it's easy to say, well, they're not, you know, they don't care that much because they're not trying to like fulfill what I need. Well, what are you doing to help them fulfill it? Like, do, mm-hmm. do, they, do they know the rubric to fulfill it? Like, are they shooting at a moving target type thing? Um, and then the, another thing I would say to the thing you said about the hardest conversations, my argument to that would be you can't do anything without a hard conversation. And that's exactly where an affair comes from. To me, is that it's easier to start a new conversation than to have a hard conversation over here when it, on certain things, right? And there's so many different affairs that we're we're generalizing and we're only talking about the right. easy here in the well, not the actually the most difficult ones here in the middle, um, right. and not talking about the outliers because, like, you know, it's easy to say, especially in two people, there's going to be exceptions to every rule, but. Um, yeah, they're, they're, the affair now becomes, I'm sorry, your marriage now becomes the same type of relationship the affair was. And basically what you're saying is, you know, you guys are married, never had an affair, and you guys are just having that same type of wake up, realization, real talk moment with Nina. Yeah. Right, right. I, I, I live... I live my brand. Like I actually live it. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it's not, it's not easy. And um, there are absolutely times where I would, both of us, I'm sure, would put off conversations for a really long time because we're so afraid. Um, right. Once those conversations happen, like you said, it gives the, one, the other person the opportunity to step up if they have to. And the, the other side is your partner may not be able to step up the way that you need them to. And sure. that's the decision you have to make. Like what, right. you know, what is it? You know, like for example, if, if, if the guy that I was talking about before was like, you know, my wife won't have a threesome. If that's a make or break for him, then you need to separate. Right. You know? Um, I'd like to think that that wouldn't be the only thing that would bring off a marriage, but, um, you have to just kind of figure out where, what you're willing to, to kind of let go of, or maybe find a different way to get that need met. Um, you know, I'm I'm not here to decide what's okay and what's not okay to break up over. Um, I would actually love to be able to talk to people about affairs because the first thing I would say is it's okay, right? You, you made this decision right now is not the time to beat you up over the decision. It's the, it's the time to figure out why you did it, what you're getting from it, things like that. Whereas far too, and obviously society as it should condemns, um, affairs because they're not right, but to act like they're not so common in some shape, form or fashion is naive. And that's, there's, that's one of the things that what I, what I think is people don't talk about marriage enough 
honestly. Because when you're about to get married, you think it's the best thing that's ever happened to you. And that's all everybody is telling you, too. Um, and with an affair, it's the flip side. You think it's the worst. And a lot of times, because as you know, people beat themselves over it. So you think it's the worst thing that's ever happened. And that's all everyone else is saying, too. Mm-hmm. When that's neither of those are the case. Those are the two opposite extremes, right? So... Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think that affairs um, should be the, the end of a relationship. I don't. And there are, there are plenty of relationships that make it through and make it out better on the other end. I'm not advocating for it, but right. I'm just saying that um, I think if we looked at it more as a really hard punch in the face to like wake up to what's not working in your relationship and make a decision hey, like, do I think people can cheat and then never cheat again? Yeah, I do. I do too. Um, I I absolutely think sometimes people will do it once because there was a a weak spot in their relationship and then they fix it and then they're better off than they were before and they figure out ways to meet each other's needs so that that desire is not even there anymore. I do believe that. Right. Um, Or or you, you see the grass isn't greener is what I think happens more often. Oh, for sure. Like that, I didn't see it and maybe I should, but the movie Hall Pass, I should yeah. really, I should yeah. really see it. Um, like Trainwreck, uh, I should see Hall Pass. But the whole premise That's is that movie. these, what's that? That's a good movie too. Right. <laughs> I should really watch it. Um, that, you know, these guys get a hall pass from their wives or something and they are so excited. Like, oh my, a hall pass meaning they can be physical with another person. They have like a week, like, okay, you have a week where you can do whatever you want. And these guys figure out that not only is it not that easy to get what they want, but it's nowhere near How as are exciting. you telling me about a movie I've seen and you haven't seen it? Because I've watched trailers. I'm just talking for, for the listeners, not for you, not for you. I know you've well, uh, seen it. Trust me, everyone else has seen it. You're literally just like Trainwreck. Everyone is. Are you done? I, are you done? I'm done. Oh. <laughs> But no, I, hey, Matt. Oh, I'm a headphones on, you're good. <laughs> I'm glad you do. I don't want to hear that. Um, no, but I do, I do get what you mean. Yeah, it, it's, there's a, there's a, a, st- not a stereotype. There's like this con- misconception oh, yeah. in everyone's head that if I had the opportunity to do this, that it just would work out exactly. I mean, like a threesome. If I to do it, it'll work out exactly like I fantasize it and rarely does it ever. Right. Because if you think about it, your fantasies are made up by you. So of course they're going to be perfect. Exactly how you like them. You're the one making them up. But point. like in, in real life, <laughs> like, and that's, you know, what I tell, like if I have clients come to me and say, I want to start, I want to open up my marriage or my husband right. and I are thinking about opening up our marriage. I always knock them down like 10 levels. Like, whoa, 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 come down. You don't just go from calling me to let's go start swinging, sure, you know? Sure. Um, but, and I talk about like, what do you think it's going to look like in your head? What does that look like? Yeah. And, they'll, and they'll tell me, and it's of course super hot, right? Yeah. But that's because they just made it up. Of course, it's going to be to their specification. Sure. In reality, you're, you're dealing with other humans. So there's yeah. a whole variety of things that can happen. Agree. Well, I think we should end there. Yeah. We maybe need to come back here. Yeah. So thank you.
Thank you. Real Talk with Nina on everything at Real Talk with Nina. Um, yeah. Talk soon. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.